Father, thank you. Thank you for inspiring people hundreds and hundreds of years ago to record your promises, to put them down in writing and then to pass them down from generation to generation to generation, preserving so many of these ancient documents for us so that we could look, we can see these promises, and then we can see how you fulfilled them. And Father, we pray that you're even going to come right now, that, that your presence is going to be among us, opening our hearts and our minds, that we can capture the wonder of your promises fulfilled. And then, Lord, so that we can respond to this invitation that you've given to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. All right, kids, I wrote a word up here. Can anybody read my sloppy handwriting? What does it say? Say it out loud if you can read it. Overjoyed. Very good. Overjoyed. I'm in touch with my feelings today. Just so you know, Laura, I'm in touch with my feelings. I'm feeling overjoyed today. I'm feeling overjoyed. How can I not be overjoyed? When you guys cleaned off the ace tree twice. That, thing, that, is, that is a clapping thing. Put up all those tags with all those kids. And they all were disappeared. Almost all of them after the 9 o'clock service and, uh, the, two weeks ago. And then we restocked it with all the names we had left. Took them home again. I love that. I, 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 how can I not be overjoyed on a Monday meeting when we're sitting together with the staff going, now what? Who else can we get toys for? You know, isn't that great? Love it. Absolutely love it. So totally overjoyed about that. And, and just in general, you know, your commitment, the way you care for one another in this church, the way you serve one another in this church. I came in before uh, the sun was up today, and, and I wasn't the first one here. And I loved it because where's, where are the, lo- the parking lots of our volunteers and staff? They're, or our cars parked, they're in the far, far back part of the lot, you know, leaving the nice parking spaces for everybody else. Love that. Come in. Didn't they do an amazing job? On the, 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 the trees, I remember our first year, it was when I was in charge of Advent decorations. I was director of Advent decorations. And I had a little plastic table with a black tablecloth. Some of you were there. Part of a manger scene. That's what we had, you know. This is fantastic. And the worship team was setting up. And they're setting up, getting the coffee ready to go. And, and I just, the way you serve one another. We've never had more people volunteering. We've never had more people connecting in groups. I love that every year... Every year we're getting closer to that name that God gave us. Emmanuel, God with us. I love that. So I'm overjoyed. Overjoyed at the direction our church is going. And then just on a personal level, I love this time of year. I love it. You know, on Thursday we went down to to the Minnesota Stadensky side. We went down to Lakeville and we spent the the afternoon there. And then we got to go up and spend the evening with, um, with Laura's side right here in Roseville. I love that. On Friday, Laura goes out and, and goes on the hunt for the, the good deals. And then the girls and I, we get out the Christmas decorations and set them up. And this year, on Friday, we made the build your own pizzas and sat down under the lights and watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Love that movie. So I love it. I love this time of year. You know, starting tonight, we'll, break, we'll start opening up the Advent calendar. We'll read that little devotion and get a candle going. Our stockings are hung on our fake fireplace and... We got Christmas songs playing on our iPod, and Christmas Eve we'll have my side over, and Christmas Day Swedish pancakes over at Laura's. I, I love this time of year. It, it can do this. It can bring you to a place of, of, of overjoy. 
And we got a special guest. He's back, Bob. Kids, some of you might remember Bob. He's played a lot of characters here. He loves Christmas too. How can I tell? His shirt says, this guy loves Christmas. So Bob is back and he loves Christmas as well. Kids, can you give a, a sup to Bob? Come on, make him feel welcome. Sup, Bob? All right. Well, Bob's here, and he loves Christmas. And one of the reasons Bob loves Christmas beyond just the the traditions is he knows this is a special time of year when we especially focus. The Christians, we call it Advent. It's a time when we reflect deeply on the wonder that the season commemorates, that God did come and walk among us as Jesus of Nazareth. We commemorate that. These long-awaited prophecies, they came to pass. If you brought your Bibles, let's look at one of these prophecies. Again, written hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. This one comes um, in a book called Isaiah. We're going to look at chapter 9, verse 6. If you don't have a Bible at home, too, we'd love to send you home with one free today. We keep a stack every week right there by the doors. They're there for you. If you don't have a Bible at home, we'd love to give you one as a gift. You don't have to sign up for anything. No quote, suggested donation, anything like that, just uh, please take them there for you. Here we go. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says this. And again, this was written way before Jesus' birth. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of what? Peace. Remember that word, because we're going to be talking about a lot about stress for the next couple of weeks. The Prince of Peace. We have these wonderful promises, these amazing promises that are given to us that people had written down through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for us. These promises that one day God was going to send the rescuer, the savior of the, of the human race. He was going to send Jesus. And Bob knows that. But here's the thing. Kids, take another look at his face. Bob doesn't look very overjoyed to me. Does he look overjoyed to any of you guys? No, he doesn't look overjoyed. He looks stressed to me. I think he's stressed. And that would make sense because Bob's got a lot of stressful things going on. Bob has a maxed out schedule. And I'm not talking just about this time of year. Bob, is he's, he's really committed. He's got so much going on. And that, that was the case January through November. At work, there is more to do than can possibly be done. There are targets that need to be hit. Actually, he's one of them. I didn't even think about that when I was writing this down. But there are deadlines that need to be met. There are hundreds of people waiting with resumes in their hand if Bob can't keep up with the demands. And at home, there's stuff that needs to get fixed and things that need to be washed and forms that need to be filled out and all kinds of things to be attended to. So Bob has a maxed out schedule. Bob is stressed about that. And his calendar is not the only thing they've got that has Bob stressed. His budget is maxed out, too. Bob's budget is maxed out. His salary has stayed pretty much the same over the last couple of years, but expenses keep going up. He's not able to give the way he wants to give. He's barely putting anything into savings for retirement or education or emergencies. He feels stress over that. Bob knows he needs to cut his expenses, but he doesn't know where. He lives a pretty simple life. He's got two shirts. That's one of them. The other one's black. He doesn't eat out much, doesn't eat out at all, doesn't go on expensive trips. He gets to come here once in a while, then it's back to the storage shed. He doesn't have any club memberships. He drives. He doesn't drive. He gets rides from me. Um, you know, what, what's he going to do? What's he going to cut, right? So he's stressed. Stressed about his schedule, stressed about his finances. You know, and maybe some of you can relate just a little bit to Bob. In fact, I encourage you to write this down. As simple as it sounds, it's just a good starting point for this new series that starts today. Most adults are maxed out. We're just maxed out. 
And if you're a teenager and you're feeling maxed out, you go ahead and amend that. You can just write, me too. Because I know, I know a lot of you guys, you know, you got homework and sports and activities and jobs and you're trying to figure out college and life and making time for friends. So if you want to personalize this and you're not an adult, you go right ahead if you're feeling maxed out. Because here's the thing. The reason why it's important to identify that and be in touch with our feelings is when we're stressed out, when we're maxed out, we don't think our best thoughts. We don't practice good self-care. And we certainly don't love God or others the way that Christ did when we're all stressed out. I want to give you a visual. This, um, this is a, a visual that we draw a lot around here. It's not original to us. Um, it's just a really helpful way of looking at so many things. It's the bucket. If you've been in pre-marriage counseling with us, at some point you'll see the bucket. Almost any time we talk about money, a lot of times we'll talk about the bucket. We'll talk about this bucket for all kinds of things. And the basic illustration with this bucket is we have all kinds of buckets in different areas. And there's what's coming into the bucket, and there's what's going out of the bucket. Let's talk about our schedule for just a second. Let's have a small group here. It kind of worked at 9 o'clock. Maybe it'll kind of work here too. Um, let's think of our schedule. Now, on your schedule, if you're like most everybody, there's things that when they're on your schedule, when you, when you do them, they replenish you. When they're on your schedule, they fill you up. You know, what would be some of those things for you? That if you did this activity or you spent time with these people, you'd come away feeling a little more closer to overjoyed. What would be something for you? Go ahead. Quiet time. Quiet time. For you, that's one of those things that just fills you up. You're specifically talking with the Lord with a kind of devotional centering time. Okay. What's another one? What else? What fills you up? What replenishes What? Date night. Date night. There we go. Date nights. Yeah. What else? Bike ride. This time of year too? Or do you, a little bit maybe? Until the snow flies. Until the snow flies. Getting on the bike. Yeah, fantastic. What else? Video games for her. Gets your, gets your joy level up. What else? Being with friends. What? I heard another one too. Football. Playing football? All right, playing football. We'll do a little of that tonight, right? Okay, so there's all these different things that on our schedule, if we have these things... They replenish us. They bring us alive. All right? And the money one's pretty easy. You just want more coming in than it's going out, right? We didn't even need to discuss that one. Now, let's talk about when, with the schedule and the money too. When, when you've got more money coming in than it's going out, when your schedule has a number of things on there that fill you back up, that replenish you, describe what life feels like. What does your life feel like when these good things are coming in rather than getting more things that are draining you. What does that feel like? What's that? Peace. Oh, peace. What else? What does it do for you? <laughs> this is going to be a good series. If we can't think of what that feels like, doesn't that say something right there? Relief. Content. Joy. It inspires you. You know, one of the ways people um, often will talk about this, they'll, they'll use it like an analogy. Like, imagine this is a, is, is a bucket, and the bucket's got water. And, and, and when you get bumped, something's going to spill out of you. And when, you're, when your life is filled with things that replenish you, and you get bumped in life, because we all get bumped in life, what spills out? 
If, if, if the cash flow is flowing well, if you're, you're able to do things that bring life, when you get bumped a little bit, what, 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 what spills out? What's that? Grace. Grace for other people. Okay, what else? Patience. What else? Encouragement. Love it. Anything else? Love. Joy. Forgiveness. Validation. All right? Patience. Okay, so now, let's say you're depleted. Let's just pretend. Imagine what it might be like if you are ever in a point in your life where you're feeling depleted, you're feeling empty, you're, 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 you're stressed because you've got more things in your schedule that, that, that get, make you tense and, and the money is going out way faster than it's coming in. Okay, then you get bumped. What spills out? Anger. Impatience. Worry. Frustration. Do you see why this matters? When, when we're here, we're living the life that God has for us. And the things that God wants to spill out of us spill out. They just spill out. They just do. Good things spill out. When you're down here, you, you cannot experience or even pass along the life that God has for us. This matters. And here's the thing, at least with Bob, and again, maybe some of you can relate. That, his life is here before December comes. Okay? His life is here before December comes. And when Bob was a kid, he used to look forward to Christmas because Bob's like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And now Bob's like, oh, boy. I can't buy this gift until this check cashes. And I can't, I can't, I don't know how we're going to do it. How are we going to make it to everybody's house for all the Christmas parties? And how are we going to get all this to work? And now he was here before Christmas came. What's Christmas going to do to him? It's, it's going to make things worse. So now as an adult, something he used to look forward to is something he's kind of like, oh, I could use another couple weeks or, you know, a couple hundred dollars more, you know, he he gets even more stressed. And if you're already here and you throw more stress on top of that, it can turn someone like Bob, who says, this guy loves Christmas, into this. Take a look at what's happening to Bob, this amazing transformation. Mr. Grinch, you really are a you're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Well, yeah. So, um, You're a bad the volunteers make this look like this. There's my contribution today. I uh, ordered that off Amazon, and um, it arrived at our house in a little brown box, and I thought, I'll have some fun. I uh, threw the costume on while these guys were in another room, and I just sat in the corner. <laughs> it even has the gloves, so I was... I think Andrew came in first. It was, uh, and then Emma came in. Yeah, you know, there's times where I really love my job. All right, um, <laughs> kids. Who is that character back there? The one with the heart. Who's he's got a heart that's two sizes too small. Yeah, Leah. It's the Grinch. Any of you guys recognize the Grinch? When your heart gets two sizes too small, that starts to happen to you. You know, when you when you are here, you're going to get Grinchified. It's just the way it is. It, 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 you can fake it, but it's going to spill out of you. 
Maybe even when you're trying to rake leaves in the rain, as I learned last week. You know, I, we, it's, it's just, you're going you're, you're gonna to have that stress. You're going to have your, your, your tension. You're going to have these things that you wish just weren't there. We're not at our best here. We become more like the Grinch before his heart grew. And none of us want to get Grinched. And, and, and what if this was a season? What if this was a season of change? As campy as this sounds, please write this down. I think there's, there's an invitation here that is, that is real. You know, would you like your heart to grow three sizes over the next three weeks? Again, as campy as that sounds, this is the invitation of Christmas. That there is a God who stepped into our world to rescue us from all kinds of things, primarily our sins. But don't our sins do this to us? He came to set us free. He came as the prince of peace. He came here to help us renew our hearts. In fact, think of our Christmas songs. Think of how many of our Christmas songs sing about heart, this invitation to to have a new heart or to have our heart renewed. Here's one. Let's play Name That Carol. All right? Name That Carol. Let every heart prepare room. What carol is that? What Christmas carol is that from? Joy to the world. All right? We're one for one. Here's another one. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. What carol is that from? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. We're two for two. All right, one more. Let's even go three for three. This is from a classic Christmas carol. Absolute gift to humanity. My gift to you is all my heart. Anyone know? I'm glad you don't know because here's where it's from. (laughs) Justin Bieber. The only thing I ever get for Christmas and embedded in that amazing Christmas song are these words. All I ever wanted was you this Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you, baby. (laughs) That's a classic right there, huh? How many of you think the Biebs is missing the point when it comes to Christmas? All right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Totes my goats. All right. Now, here's the thing. You, You can... I just had to throw that in. Uh, it's kind of like that game we play where you have to work in the, the goofy thing. All right. So y- you can miss it. I mean, you, could, you can end up having something as amazing as Christmas. And instead of it being this thing that fills us up, it can be this thing that actually drains us even more and, and puts us even deeper into stress, that puts us even deeper into debt. And, and, and that's not something we want. We don't want to miss the point. And we can if we allow our hearts to get hard and hurried. Now, I want to open our Bibles again, again to the Old Testament, this time to a book called Jeremiah. If you have your Bibles, let's, let's open them up to Jeremiah 31.15. And I want to look again at some of these promises. There are these promises that, that we see hundreds of years before Jesus. And what I want to do is I want to show how these promises that were given hundreds of years ago, the people who interacted with Jesus or met the people that interacted with Jesus, they said, he's the guy. He's the one. All right, this first one isn't so much a promise as much as a prophecy. Let's take a look here in the chat. This is, and we're going to look at two of them today, both from the same chapter of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah 31. Let's start with verse 15. And I want you to take a look at this one. Here's what it said, again, written hundreds of years before Jesus. And it says this. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, you, might, you know, if I was just reading that, if I was just reading that without 
knowing what it says in the New Testament, I'd go, this has not, what does this have to do with Christmas? Why do I think Jeremiah 31 has things that deal with the first Christmas? Because look at there, Matthew 2, 17 through 18. They're quoting this passage at the time of Jesus, at the time of his birth. And what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. It was fulfilled. It happened. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping a great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, this is just to establish that Jeremiah 31 has some things that were linked to the first Christmas. Now, let's take a look at a, a thicker passage of some of what was actually going to be fulfilled through the life of Jesus. All right, this is from the same chapter of the same book of the Bible. And let's pick up with verse 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their what? Hearts. I'll write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the greatest of them, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Now, there's more of a promise here. There's a promise here, that, a promise of an age to come. When God is going to put his law into our minds, he's going to write it on our hearts. And is that promise linked to the birth of Christ? Yes. This promise right here is linked to the birth of Christ. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says that. If we were to turn to Hebrews, which we just did, Hebrews 8, 6 through 12, see if any of these words sound familiar. If you're not familiar with the Bible, Jeremiah was written hundreds of years before Jesus. Hebrews was written shortly after. The ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator. Mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. God found fault with the people and said, see if these words sound familiar. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declared the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because all will know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. There is a clear link between these promises and the birth of Jesus, of Nazareth, and the life he lived. And this is a season when we pause to commemorate that the ancient, anticipated, and long-awaited promises have come to pass. This is a season where we remember that, that Christ has come. That baby born in Bethlehem was the one. He was the Messiah. He was the Prince of Peace. And this is a season where we remember it wasn't just a was, it's an is. Or at least it can be an is. 
It's a season when we remember that this unparalleled gift has been offered to all who will receive it. A new heart, a new heart that beats in sync with God's own heart. A new heart that beats in sync with the very heart of God. Now, here's another thing I want to encourage you to write down. It's so important. When it comes to this heart, the only one who can receive and guard your new heart is whom? Whom? Did I get it right? Whom? I don't know. Whom? Who? Who? Whom? Kind of slur them together. Who is it? Who is the, or whom, or whatever? Who is the only one that can receive and guard your new heart? You! You're the only one who can receive and guard the new heart. No one can receive a new heart for you, and no one can guard your heart for you. No one else can do that. Last week, Nick did a great job of walking us through some important principles that we can apply to situations where the stressor is beyond our control. Last week, that was our theme. You know, we got, when things are beyond your control, what do you do? You know, how do you respond? What we're going to do in this series, we're going to talk about those things that you have more control over than you might think. Your schedule, excuse me, your schedule and your spending. What, how can we do this? How can we, how can we live in such a way where our lives are doing this instead of this? How can we guard those new hearts? Not just receive them, but how can we guard those new hearts? And this is vital. Guarding your heart is vital. Look what it says in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, what? Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Let me read that one again. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If we're honest, we know that's true, don't we? When, when your life is up here, good things flow from your heart. When your life is down here, you really got to fight this stuff from spilling out because it wants to just spill out, and it will spill out. Above all else, guard your heart because everything you do, your work, your family, even the what you choose to eat, everything when you're down here. It affects everything. Just a few verses later, just three verses later, look what it says. Proverbs 4.26. So kind of carrying this thought forward. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. This matters. So give careful thought to your paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. That's what we want to do these next three weeks. Let's look at our paths. Let's look at our ways. Are our ways doing this? Or are our ways doing that? What, which direction? Are we, are we living lives that are closer to the lives God has for us? Or are drifting further away from that? And I want to present to you that this is the perfect time to do this, this. This time of the year. I love the Christian calendar. Because the Christian calendar doesn't end with Advent. The Christian calendar what? starts with Advent. If you look at the Christian calendar, this is the start of our new year. And we take four weeks before it even the calendar even turns. We take four weeks before the calendar even turns to instead of, oh, it's New Year's Eve, I should probably make a resolution or something. We spend four weeks preparing our hearts and home for a fresh Advent of Christ among us so that we can have our hearts and our heads in the right place and we can have some momentum going into the next year to make some changes. And one of the other things that makes this such a perfect time of year, not just because it's before the next year's coming, 
But also think of all the things that are going to reinforce right now, all the things that will reinforce these changes we want to make. We're surrounded by songs. Hopefully you're pulling out real Christmas songs, you know, the ones that actually sing about Christmas instead of yeah, yeah, baby, whatever, you know, to have those songs that are reminding us of all the, the, the gift that God gave and the simplicity and the wonder and the great invitations. And we're surrounded by manger scenes and lights piercing darkness and all these great things and family and friends. And for a lot of people, their attendance in, in, in worship gatherings goes up, all these good things. And what if that helped give us then momentum as we try to seek through what are the changes God would have for me, you know, to make this year? What if this was more than a month where we just add more stress and we spend more money to already maxed out lives and end up more exhausted and in deeper financial hole than we started with. But what if over the next three weeks we could look at the example Jesus set when the word became flesh and dwelt among us? You know, what did that look like? How did Jesus keep his heart full and healthy? Because Jesus had more to do than any of us, right? He had more demands on him than any of us. He faced, he faced stressors that were unlike any of the stressors that we face. They were like and unlike. What did he do? What did he do to stay full? What did he do? That's where we want to turn our attention over the next three weeks. And here's the question as we start this new series. Here's the question I want you to be thinking of your response to. We'll put it up on the screens. This Christmas, will you ask God to renew your heart And will you trust what he says about guarding it? Both of those are important pieces. To ask him for that new heart and to trust what he says about guarding it. Because I've seen a whole lot of people, when they they ask for that new heart, there are some people, they have this instant, more born-again experience. A number of us have experienced that where things just changed. Our hearts, our minds changed, and they were oriented towards God in a different way. And a lot of times that brings a lot of joy. Well, if you don't guard that... The enemy wants to come, steal, kill, and destroy. He just wants to take away from that. So, so receiving it and guarding it, giving close attention to our ways and being steadfast in them. You know, one of the beauties of this promise that we have is, is that we can look to Jesus' example, but we can even do more than that. We can ask him to send the counselor, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ to come and fill our hearts and our minds, to help us from the inside to be able to know what to do, to be able to have the mind of Christ who understands what do you say yes to, what do you say no to. You know, I long for that. I long for more of that. I, I reread the book, uh, The Grinch Stole Christmas, and there were a whole lot of Grinchy things that I could relate to far too well in my own life um, that I don't want to see. But there was one uh, little line here that when I read this, I'm like, ah, I want this. I want more of this. And, and he's writing here about the, the who's, these, these characters who had something that the Grinch couldn't steal. And there's this line that says, all their windows were dark. They're sleeping the night before Christmas. And it says, all their windows were dark. Quiet snow filled the air. All the who's were all dreaming sweet dreams without care. Oh, wouldn't that be great? To go to bed at night and to not have your mind stressed about all there is to do, you know, and how we're going to pay for it all. 
imagine, just imagine being able to hit your, going to bed and, and just to be able to have sweet dreams without care. You know, Jesus was able to do that without any money in the bank. He was able to do that with more demands than any of us will ever have. Because if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if all is well with your soul, you can have peace. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And if you're doing what you're supposed to do, there's nothing else you can be done, right? So imagine that, getting to that place where you just had peace from the Prince of Peace himself. And just in the course, someone at least has responded to this invitation because I'm looking at Bob now. Take a look at him. He has transformed back. He's been de-grinched. And look at this. Even his countenance has changed. Look at that. He looks totally different. He used to be stressed, right? Last time we looked at him, he was all stressed. Now he's determined. Can you see it? Totally different. Totally different. Now he's determined because he said, this is it. Things are going to be different. I've been living here, but now I'm going to live up here. And in 2014, I'm going to be doing some things differently. I've asked God to renew my heart, and now I'm going to give careful attention to my ways. I can't wait for next week and the week after and the week after. Because there's going to be some changes happening in my life. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. And he's so joyful about that, kids. Tune back in. Kids, he's so joyful about that. You know what he's got at his feet? Well, his foot thing. His pedestal. You know what he's got? He's got, he's got bins of toys. And he is so full of joy that good things are coming out. And he wants to give you a free toy today. So when you leave, you ask your parents if it's okay. And if it's okay with them, it's okay with Bob. He's got a, you can pick one toy out of those bins for you today. When you guys, when you go, if it's okay with your parents. He wants to give you a gift because of what's happening in him. The gift that's been given to him. And I suspect that Bob isn't the only one who wants to make some changes. Can I get an amen on that? I think we all do. There was, this is a time, this is the perfect time of year to do just that. It's a time to remember, okay, God walked among us. He gets it. God gets it. He knows what it's like to have more in a day that can, than can get done. He knows what it's like to have more demands than you can ever satisfy. He knows what it's like to have no money. He knows what it's like to lose loved ones. He knows what it's like to be misunderstood. He knows what it's like to be rejected by friends, by family, by the world. He gets it. He gets it. And he wants you to do more this, Christ, this Christmas than just look at his example. He wants this for you. I have come that they might have life and have it, what did Jesus say? Abundantly. Will you receive a new heart? And then will you do what he says through his power so that this year we can move more and more towards this? Well, let's give you a chance to respond to that. I want to have the worship band come on up. Um, A couple opportunities you have as far as your response. Certainly you can just make a response just in your head. You can say, God, I'm in. There's a couple other ways you might want to seal this too. In the back of the room, as soon as we start singing, we'll have people that would be loving to pray with you. If you, you can pray about anything. It can be about this or something else, but there'll be people right back there that would love to pray with you. And also, we want to invite you to come and join us at the Lord's table. This is a, some traditions call it communion. Some call it around the Lord's table. Some call it the Eucharist. We, we would invite you to join us. The only thing that we'd ask is that you do it from a sincere place. That you would pray. We're going to pray some prayers together. And we do that on purpose so you can hear it's just not just me. It's we all need to come to God asking for a fresh start. 
We'll pray these prayers together. And if you can pray these prayers with us, we'd love to have you join us at the Lord's table. And the way we do it here is we don't have ushers. We just um, will sing some songs. And we'll have, uh, I'll, I'll have the servers take communion first, and they'll go off to the sides. And then just as you feel led, just stand up where you are, come down the aisles, and join us, uh, join us for the Lord's Supper. All right, well, let me pray. Let's, let's, actually, let's us pray, and then we'll commit this time to him. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, to whom all hearts and minds are open and all desires are known, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may more perfectly love you and more worthily magnify your holy name. We confess that we are sinners and cannot save ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. We are not worthy for these gifts which we are about to receive. But say the word, and we will be made clean. Let me pray. Father, we pray now that you will draw us to yourself. Lord, that you will draw us to to this life that you have for us. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to identify right now what are the things that we leave behind as we come forward. As we take this action where we make a deliberate decision to, to stand up and to come forward to receive from you, Lord, before we do that, we pray that you would help us to know what stays behind. Lord, that's going to be different things for different folks. So we thank you that your spirit speaks individually to us and help us to have ears to hear and and to leave that behind, even if it feels like something we can't let go of. Help us to trust you and, and to receive this new heart and this new mind. And then, Lord, we pray that, that we can have that, that steadfastness and that determination that is spirit-fueled as we begin to seek what it means to walk this out so that this year could be different. For those who are already walking with you, maybe just a little bit different. For those of us who wandered too far off the path it could be a year of great difference Lord we pray that you'll take this time and make it holy we pray Lord that you'll do what you've what we've seen demonstrated in your word where you touched something and made it clean and Lord I ask that you do the same thing for for the um, this group that you did with the nine o'clock that you would give them a picture of their heart and the condition that it's in right now whether it's tired, calloused, darkened. Lord, we pray that that they could picture you physically touching their heart and it being made new and functioning the way you created it to function. And do the same with their mind. Give them a picture of what it looks like now and a picture of what it could look like if they trust you and follow your ways and allow you to change them. So, Lord, may those visions inspire and draw people to you. Take now this time. Make it holy. Make these elements for us, your body and your blood. And, Lord, as as another act of solidarity, we pray this prayer that you taught your followers to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.